Welcome to episode 20 of the Grace-Filled CEO Podcast. I am super excited for you to hear today's episode because it is something that I feel like I learned a lot in talking with our guest today. Today we're chatting with Val Duvik, and she is going to walk us through building out our relationship and results-driven offering. And the things that she points out in this podcast episode are really, really cool. If you're somebody who really prioritizes people over profit in your business, then I think this is really going to speak to you. In addition to that, if you leave this episode feeling like you need someone to brainstorm what this could look like for you, I have a strategy session offer that I think could be the best fit for that type of need. I've talked about it a lot on this podcast, and it's really just 90 minutes, you and me. We walk through some conflict issues, whatever you're feeling like is a is not completely set in stone in your business and needs a little bit of refining, maybe something you need to work through, an obstacle you're experiencing. These are all things that we can experience on a strategy call together. It's my most frequently booked service, and I would love to sit down with you and chat about your business. So be sure to check the show notes for a link to book your call. I know you're probably like, can we listen to Val already? And I am completely in agreement with you. Here's my conversation with Val. Welcome to the Grace-Filled CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Dalberry, an online business manager for creatives who are scaling their business while focusing on what matters to them. I'm so excited to bring an honest and energizing take on being a CEO while you raise your family. In case no one has told you recently, it's possible to rock at both. Every episode will include actionable steps that will encourage and empower you to build a business that supports your family and that thrives through systems, strategy, and most importantly, heart. Join me on this journey to becoming a grace-filled CEO. Hey friends, today I am joined by Val Dumick, and she is a business coach for women creative entrepreneurs. She is going to chat with us about some really cool things about building our offering. So Val, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to have you. We not everybody knows this on the back end, but we have had such we've had email tag trying to get this recorded and trying to get together. So I'm grateful that we're we were able to carve out some time and actually make this happen. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about who you are and who you serve. Yeah. So I am a business coach specifically for women in the creative industry. So that ends up being a lot of photographers, wedding vendors, even in the realm of like a VA, you know, people who also serve in the creative industry. I work with just a pretty big range of women like that. So I'm a true creative myself. I started as a wedding photographer. I did a lot of things the hard way. I love pretty things. I just really experienced like starting a business in the creative industry, just like most people. And because of all of the you know hard knocks and um, burnout that I have in my story, I just became really passionate about helping other women to avoid those things as much as possible, but then also to work through them and to not lose the love for the art or the creative part of their business, because I'm sure you're familiar. We just, we can get so caught up in the business and lose that joy that we had for what we initially started our business to do. So 
as a coach, I get to just come alongside women and help them through the harder business things like numbers. <laughs> and it's just, it's honestly my dream job. It seems like the perfect fit for just my skills and, and what I'm passionate about. And so it's a blessing and it's super fun. I love that. So I didn't realize that you started off as a photographer. Yeah. And that's so cool because I started off as a graphic designer. And so okay. I was working with other designers in, in the client capacity. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's cool because I understand their craft so yep. much more uniquely and, and intimately like than someone yep. else who, who hasn't done that before. So I, mm-hmm. I love that your story is like that because mine is too. So that yeah, I connect with that greatly. Um, tell me a little bit about like your home life. Like, do you have kids? Like, what is your, what does your schedule look like at home? Yeah. So I'm a wife and I'm a mom. I have two little girls. They're both toddlers. They're only 14 months apart. So one of them was a surprise baby. (laughs) And although that was very scary at the time because I took a positive pregnancy test with a six month old baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That really puts it in feeling that fear alongside of you right now. (laughs) Oh yeah. It really puts it into perspective. (laughs) So they're now two and three and they're getting a little bit easier every, (laughs) every few months. And so my life is pretty busy. I actually only work two full days a week on my business and the other days I'm home with my girls. So I hold pretty tightly to those work hours and I'm pretty committed to not working at night. And if I have to do that, it's in a season and it's a short lived season. So really care a lot about, you know, fulfilling those different roles and having like my version of balance in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like women listening to this are going to really resonate with that because mm-hmm. I think a lot of us find ourselves in these positions where we want to be home, but we also mm-hmm. want to like fulfill this passion and drive in us. Yeah. And just the fact that like, I love bringing women on here who can, who do them both, who mm-hmm. truly set, set the right boundaries and set the right intentions. And uh, we're not perfect. None of us are perfect, but being yep. able to like show up and say, you know, I'm going to honor the gifts that I've been given. I'm going to show up to that, but I'm also going to honor the gifts that I've been given inside of my home and what Mm -hmm. what that looks like too. So, yeah. And I really do think that I am a better mom when I am also working. (laughs) Like just, I have found that I, I think I'm created to do both and So that has been freeing (laughs) to come to that conclusion and to feel confident in that because, you know, it's easy to compare and think, well, everybody should just stay home, right? Like that's what's quote best, (laughs) but it's not necessarily. Absolutely. Well, I think that that's actually a great segue into what we're talking about today because the reason why you're here is because you're going to talk to us about relationship and results driven offerings. And to mm-hmm. me, that is like when we are, when we have to be really intentional, when we do both, right? When we are home mm-hmm. with our kids or raising a family while all, or being family focused while also mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur, like 
it's not just about results. It's about relationships and it's about that balance between the two and the two working together in harmony. So I'm mm-hmm. excited to talk about this more with you. Like what, what would you, how would you define a relationship and results driven offering? Yeah. So I think overall a result and relationship driven offering really prioritizes building truly genuine relationships but while also building the offering around that result that you're going for. So instead of just offering what everyone else in your market is offering and in the exact same way, you're working backwards from the desired result to build an experience that you actually believe is best and that you believe is actually going to produce that. So it's it's different because I think a lot of us just look at what already exists and what's already been done, but then we we come across a lot of frustrations with either you know the packages that people pick or how the experience just isn't the way we want it to be but a lot of times we haven't even built out our process specifically to yield that result that we really want it's really two pieces the result and relationship so that's kind of the result side but then the relationship side is making sure that you are prioritizing the people you're working with as people and making sure that your offering is including elements that are allowing you to build that relationship. And it's also not just about the results of your client, but also making sure that you have the capacity to give that experience and to give that result. And so we also need to be thinking about what's best for us and what's best for them. So it's a lot of balancing, (laughs) you know, if the offering is something we can fulfill and do well and have the capacity for and want to do, but then also that it's actually serving our people well and giving space for that relationship in the mix of it all. That's really powerful. I feel like you just dropped a big bomb on us. <laughs> I almost feel like I just listened to a really intense sermon that I wanted to go back and read the notes and like depart it. <laughs> yeah, we could definitely talk about it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, okay, now that we have that kind of thought of yeah. building what this looks like and, yep. and knowing that it's it's like a, I always like to, the word balance is so difficult. Like mm-hmm. I use it a lot. But at the same time, like it's not in some people's minds, it has this like unrealistic expectation. So I like to replace it oftentimes with the word harmony, because in Mm -hmm. harmony, you've got these different levels, different voices, different pieces of everything that are different. But when they work together in the right way, it's Mm -hmm. beautiful and it's seamless. And so- what does it look like? Like, what does this consist of? What are the key elements for building out this relationship and results driven offering? Yeah. So I think one of the first things is to really ask yourself what you think is best for the client. So let's maybe put this into terms of an actual <laughs> scenario, because I think it's easier to, you know, visualize the concept that way. So let's say designers. If we, if we really think about what is best for our clients as a designer, we're probably thinking about things like the timeline, the turnaround, like when they need to get feedback to you and making sure that you're staying on schedule. You know, there's so many things that, and you're going to hear, I mean, any designer is already thinking about 
oh yeah, I'm so frustrated that people never get back to me on time or X, Y, Z related <laughs> to the, the timeline. That's a big pain point. So we need to think of like, okay, what is best for them? Well, what's best for them is to stay on schedule. And so we need to make sure that our offering is built around that. So we have specific timelines. We also have to have in there boundaries, both for them and ourselves. And so that may mean that if they don't fulfill their end of the deal of the timeline of like when they give feedback to you, then it actually pushes their project out. And so it this it brings in so that what we're offering, we need to be clear about how it works and the process and the expectations of both sides. And that just helps to produce that result. So it's a timely result. You know, we want the design to be informed by our clients. Obviously, we need them to be happy with it, but we also want them to stay on track. And you know, so we have to make sure the feedback process is built into that and that they have their deadlines and that they know, okay, this is the next step. I send this to her and now I know that she's going to come back to me and we're going to have one more round of this. So that's just kind of a little bit of a visual of making sure that you remember that you're the expert and you know what is best for them. And so how you offer your product or service needs to align with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I love that you started with something really simple, like you start with what's best for the client, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that 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 could just mean a lot of different things. Like you use Mm -hmm. the example of a web designer and how it's good for them to stay on their timelines, et cetera. But Mm -hmm. the way that that also impacts like their home life and the Mm -hmm. balance the boundaries within their business of figuring out, you know, when they're able to work, are they able to get these things done in time so they could go Mm -hmm. from school? I just feel like it all ties together. And so I love that Mm -hmm. you approach it with what is best for them. Start with, start with what we know works for them, what they need. Right. Yeah. And I think then the second piece to that is, are you then prioritizing steps within your offering that does allow for the relationship? So you could go through that whole process without any real personal connection. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that as a part of your offering, you have maybe there's a, a call where you're just getting to know them, or maybe you have more personal questions within your questionnaire that allow you to get a better feel for who they are, even down to the, you know, initial, like a consult call. Some people don't even require consult calls and there that's not necessarily a bad thing, but if you don't do that, you have to find some other way to have the relationship piece in there. Mm -hmm. And you also want to have your offering so clear and the process built out so well that there's space there for you to have personal connection in between. And so that's where you can, you know, make conversation with them on a call or in your emails and actually talk about more than just the work itself. That's a really good point. I almost think that sometimes we get intimidated and maybe even a little bit confused when we plan out our process so 
detailed that mm-hmm. we either don't consider leaving room for relationship or we don't realize that building out the process in a simple way allows for that relationship. So yes. we get kind of sidetracked or intimidated to even like build systems because we we want to have that personal connection with people or mm-hmm. we build the system without taking in like some margin and consideration for building that relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Like opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes, totally. And I think it's just the common misconception of systems in general and processes that, you know, if you over systemize something that it can't be personal, but, mm-hmm. and there is probably some truth to that, but again, it's like, you're saying we need to have the harmony there of mm-hmm. having the systems in place so that there's not as much scrambling. I think that's a a big part of this is that we often are scrambling to try to make the experience what we want it to, but because we haven't thought about it ahead of time, it's harder to have that seamless experience and to have that space for you to even have the headspace and the mental capacity to ask about more than just the project, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So I think the really the working backwards from what you want the experience to look like, making sure you're prioritizing what you believe is best for them and making sure that you have space in the experience for building relationship. Those are kind of the three key elements. I love that. Okay. So let's say somebody's listening to this and they've taken all the notes and they're like, mm-hmm. where I need to start. So what would you say is someone's next step in building this out? So maybe approach it from two different angles. What if someone's just starting out in their business and they're building that offering for the first time versus if someone already has an offering, but they're kind of wanting to revamp and realign what that offering looks like to make it relationship and results driven? Yeah. So I think actually both people would start with the same step. They just might have a little bit different you know, follow-up steps. But I think first we just need to start by defining and really dreaming about what we want our clients to feel and experience when they're working with us. So like our best case scenario with our absolute ideal client, how do we want them to feel? What, What is it like to work with us? Do we want them to feel pampered? Do we want them to feel really involved in the process? Or do we want them to feel like they barely had to lift a finger? And there's not really a wrong answer there. But the experience you're passionate about is likely going to differ from how someone else would do it. And in the end, that is also what sets you apart and makes your offering unique because it is based on what you're passionate about and what you believe is best. And that starts from allowing ourselves to really dream about that. And so I think we need to define that for ourselves first, and then we can start, you know, building that out or tweaking what we already have. Gotcha. I love that. So because you're a business coach and you mm-hmm. have, I'm assuming have shared this formula with your, <laughs> your peep, the people in your coaching mm-hmm. stuff, but mm-hmm. can you tell me like some examples of people who have seen the impact of this in their business? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a client who she 
really when we first started working together, she was a VA and we started out by just asking the question, okay, what things do you really love doing? And because, you know, VAs tend to end up doing a lot of different things (laughs) and that may not end up being their sweet spot. There may be a specific specialty within being a VA that is more what they would want to focus on. And through a lot of just back and forth question and questioning her in in a positive way, (laughs) but like just saying, okay, but do you really love that? Or are you just doing it because you think you have to? We found out that she actually was much more passionate about copywriting. Mm, And it, it turned out that that was more of her sweet spot. And so we then got rid of everything else. (laughs) So she just started calling herself a copywriter and building her offerings around what she thought needed to be there in order for her clients to get copywriting that felt like them and that really did the job that was conversion focused. And so she, she started by saying, okay, as a VA, these were the experiences I had with people. And this is when things worked the best. And she always wanted to start with a call with them where she had a questionnaire and then they talked about it and she really got to know them and understand them. And I think that sometimes people stop with a questionnaire for something like copywriting and don't always have as much of the personal dialogue. And she also had a couple different ways to do copywriting with her where there were some people who she felt like it was best to do it in more of the VIP day style. And so she had a way of helping them figure out which process was better for them. Some people needed the longer experience and some people wanted that quick one and done. We do it in a day approach. And so she really, she built those out based on what she believed was best and prioritizing the relationship in there. And she literally went from still having a part-time job within the first couple months of us working together to within that year was having 10 K months. Like it's not all about the numbers, but like it shows that when you actually find your sweet spot and you build your offerings around that, that things take off a lot more because you're doing what you're good at, you know? Okay. So I love that that example because not just because it's a VA and I absolutely love working with VAs and OBMs mm-hmm. and helping kind of mentor them, but I also love that she offered two different things that mm-hmm. served people at different points in their business, but the relationship mm-hmm. and the results were the same. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the fact that she knew how to help them self-select, like which one of these is going to fit you. And so I think sometimes we, you could hear this conversation and think, okay, I'm only going to do things one way, but that's also not necessarily the case. You may have multiple different ways of doing things, but if you know why you do them differently and who is going to be the right fit for each one, then you're able to help guide people into the best fit for them. And I think that's where a lot of this also comes back to owning the fact that you are the expert and we need to act like the expert. (laughs) So we need to tell people 
this is why I've created this this way. And this is why this is best for you. And I think that this specific package is going to be the best fit for you. So the whole offerings conversation does come back a lot to allowing yourself to be confident in yourself as the expert and then really presenting yourself that way with people because then they're going to trust you and probably pick the right package. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. All of that makes perfect sense. I lo- I just love so much that it's such a unique way of looking at it. It's mm-hmm. it's not even like a different like a completely different concept, right? Uh-huh. But it's yep. just pulling out very specific things that mm-hmm. are going to impact your business, but also the people who are the people who are impacted by your business will be mm-hmm. better because of it. So mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love that the way that you're presenting this type of offering is like honoring everyone involved and helping yeah. everyone get what they need in the best way possible that reflects their values. Yeah. And I think that also a part of that that we haven't even mentioned yet is that then you also need to be willing to say, I'm not the best fit. because the way that you do things is not going to be the best fit for everybody, but that's good. Yes. I think one of, one of the most, it's never exciting to turn someone away because, but but at the same time, there's a sense of uh, empowerment in Mm -hmm. knowing that they're not the best fit. Sometimes it can be sad. Sometimes you even like might need the sale, but at the same time, when you know that it's not the best fit and you know what your sweet spot is, there is so much empowerment and confidence that comes with that. When you're building your business and you're building these offerings, it just feels really peaceful. It feels peaceful yeah. to walk away from something that you know is not for you. Right. And the other side to that is it's actually serving them best to say yeah. no. Because if you're not the right fit, then it's actually better for them to find someone else. And I think we often struggle with saying no because we're thinking we're selfish. Mm. But I actually think that it is really kind to allow them to find a better fit instead of trying to fit a mold that you'll never fit. I completely agree. Completely. So tell me a little bit about your, how you work with people and where people can find you. Cause I'm sure that after this podcast episode, people are going to be like, Oh my goodness, I need to follow Val. She is, a, <laughs> she is a wealth of knowledge. So where can people find you? Yeah. So my website is valmarlene.com. And then my Instagram is val underscore Marlene underscore creative. So I do have a weekly email where I try to give you like a minute worth of helpful tips or insight. And then I do try to also be present on Instagram. I personally respond to my DMs. So I'm very open to questions or so if anybody's listened to this episode and just wants like clarification on something, I really love, I mean, if you can't tell, I really love true connection with real people. (laughs) And so that's my favorite thing to do on Instagram is just to have conversations. And yeah, I'm very, very open to that and love when I get to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for being here today. Thanks for sharing all of this knowledge and wisdom with us. I know that 
like, I want to go back to listen to this episode and like <laughs> soak up everything you said again. So I just mm-hmm. appreciate you so much for being here and for being patient with getting together and being able to record this. You're the best. Oh, um, yeah. Thanks so much. Of course. It was so fun. All right. Thanks, Val. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. And I would love to hear what you think about the conversation with Val Duvik. She is just a wealth of knowledge. And from one coach to another, like I just love chatting with her so much. And I love that her focus is around giving people what they need. I mean, that's like the whole point of our business, right? To provide our family with what we need, but also provide our clients with what they need. So I would love to hear, how has this impacted you in your business? What are your next action steps? Not sure what those next steps are? Don't forget, I have some openings for strategy calls coming up. So reach out to me or click the link in your show notes to book right away. Thank you guys again for listening. I will talk to you next time.